the Gentleman's Club Podcast. The place where we come to talk about the best IDP, Dynasty, Keeper, Fantasy Football League to ever exist on the face of the planet. Now, time for the show. Here we go, here we go. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right, gentlemen, you heard it in our new podcast intro. You are, in fact, listening to the best fantasy keeper IDP dynasty league that has ever existed on the face of the planet. We are back. This is episode two of season three. Clark, I think it's episode 22, in fact, if I remember correctly, which is wild. Um, we have a special guest coming on this week as we kind of start our new format. We uh, will introduce him in just a minute. But Commissioner Clark, we've got a few things to get to before our illustrious or infamous or whatever kind of title you want to give to the guest we're, we're, shows up for. He's already yeah. been put in timeout once. Yeah. Uh, for comments that he's made. We'll see if he ends up back in the timeout zone. Maybe that'll become a part of the... Uh, the podcast regular is the timeout zone. Who knows? Yeah, but like anyways, it. we've got some stuff to get to before our guest shows up for the rest of the episode. So why don't you take it from here, Clark? Walk us through. What are we going to do? Yeah, no, I'm excited, A, that we're just going to kind of go this new format, but we figured it's still a fantasy football podcast at first. And so um, had a little discussion. I got some power rankings. I think that's uh, we're three we- A, we're three weeks into the season. Which feels like we literally just were saying, I can't wait for it to start. And we're like, I feel like we're so close to the end already. People were a little spicy about your last ones. Yeah. Which was good. <laughs> it, it was good. It was also like, guys, I was t- that's a total just like guesstimate. It was to an- get you reinterested in the league and get you fired yeah. up. Who, who would have thought Tua would learn to, to throw- play football? Yeah. Here's the deal. Let me say this real quick about Tua. He's left-handed, but he throws like someone who's right-handed trying to throw left-handed. Does <laughs> his form – watch him throw. Does his form not look like – It's so bad. You're right. And so, of course, when Bubba loses his QB, like his true heart, like the lover of his life, Ben Roethlisberger, and then like is just an old scrap heap, you're like, yeah. He's got Tyreek Hill, but he's going to be bad. I literally texted Bubba in that game. I texted him like partway through the beginning of the third quarter. And I said, let me know when you're ready to trade Tyreek. Cause he had like six points or something. And then I checked the game later that night and he had like 48 or something. And I was like, yeah, yeah okay. That's that probably isn't going to become regular, but you know, who knows? I think Tua's still number one as the overall fantasy quarterback right now. It might be it might be Lamar Jackson now. Yeah, that's true. Lamar was probably number was one. Easily top three, top five, which yeah. is just crazy. So who knows? But I mean, that leads us right into the first thing. We want to talk kind of biggest surprises of the season so far. I think there's been a couple of things. I mean, week three, we gotta get to see good teams, bad teams decent teams not just nfl and not just gc like kind of both it's like Mm -hmm. i think for me like just some things that have really stood out right away is you you have the raiders zero and three yep they were easily picked multiple times by multiple people to be the winners of the afc west or at least championship Mm -hmm. and now the conversations like are they being written off? Now, granted, there's 14 games left for them. So they could go 14 and three. So it's not even like a over, over. It's just weird to think they're 0 and 3 with the offense they have, with defense they have. Like it's just weird, which then leads into like on the GC side that like Juicy J, Joe Williams is 0 and 3. Mm-hmm. Like again, that just like I'm, I'm actually like we've called like. Bubba the Dallas Cowboys, like I feel like Joe's this Raiders type squad where like you look at his team and you're like, I'll give you a two and one. Like, yeah, yeah I can see him losing a game, but like not 0 and three and struggling, like not even putting up crazy points, like just weird. Still a long season, but that's kind of one of the biggest things right off the bat that NFL and GC wise it stood out to me is like you have two favorites 0 and three. Mm-hmm. Weird. What are you? Very, very much so. I think some of my surprises 
have been it's been interesting to watch that some of the usual running backs have not been as productive as I would have thought coming yeah. into this season. Yep. And I know we had conversations around that in the off season around running backs and some of those running back wide receiver positions. And like, it's been a weird year for running backs, bro. I had Clyde Edwards Hilaire last week at zero yards and still like 18 or 19 points. Like, mm-hmm. As a it running back, like a wide receiver for a minute. Yeah, it's like, and like you have Derrick Henry putting up like no points the first two weeks, and Dalvin Cook putting up like sixteen points on average or something, and like Christian you know, or Christian or CMC is hardly doing it. Like it's just, it's, it's a weird it season for running backs. It feels like to watch the end of the Pittsburgh and Browns game, mm-hmm. Browns Steelers, pretty handily. Um, <laughs> And uh, there's some stat line that Nick Chubb has like the most hundred yard games in the last like two or three years, something like that, yeah. like some crazy like he's crushing it right now. Like he's about I, the only one that's really crushing it. Yeah, and been I remember consistent, thinking, been like, consistent for it through the first three weeks. I, I just remember thinking like I knew he's probably easy. I've been a top ten running back in the league the last two three years, but when I saw that stat, I'm like that's. That's wild because when you think hundred yard games, which is a huge thing for fantasy wise, you think Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. You probably think, um, I mean, last year you th- probably thought Najee Harris. There's the Delvin Cooks. There's CMC from you know. Granted, he's been on IR the last two years, but like, there's other names that come to mind first before, with all due respect, before Nick Chubb. So it's like to see him kind of getting his due. Like yeah. that's been a surprise. Like you have Derek being weird and Chubb kind of finally rising to the top. Like, I don't know. It's been cool. But I also think the the weird thing is like it, it kind of also carries over to wide receivers where like some of those star wide receivers that you expected to get you 20 points every week yeah. have not been doing that. And like I've got Richie James and Noah Brown as my starters and they're getting about 10 to 15 points. Right, Like, they're like third string guys for the Dallas Cowboys and Giants. And I feel like they're not the only ones around the league who are doing that with their quarterbacks. Like there are plenty of other wide receiver twos or wide receivers threes that are getting the ball thrown their way more regularly. And so it's just, it's a weird start to the year where like, I feel like, like, so like last week, Taylor Akterhoff's team looks like a juggernaut, right? Demolished me week one. But the last two weeks, it's like because all of the star number one players aren't getting their due every single game, yep. and the number twos and number threes on the team are sometimes putting up more numbers, like some of those teams look vulnerable Yeah, in more 100%. ways than I think I felt in years past through the first 100%. couple of weeks. No, I don't. I even – we'll get to the power rankings here in a moment. And again, it, it felt like a crapshoot putting it together because I'm like – you look at paper and it should be a really straightforward who's the best teams of the GC still, in my opinion. It really should be. But the way I would argue the end of last year and really for sure this year is gone, it's like you more than ever just had to have a well-rounded team. Mm-hmm. Like if you're solely reliant on one or two players and not a wide receiving court, like – you're you're gonna be it's gonna be rough. You know what I mean? Like I, I would almost rather have three guys who are gonna get me 12 points a piece than one guy with 17 and two guys with eight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's like, and that's what we're kind of seeing happen now. It's like um Cooper Cup is still Cooper Cup, but like it doesn't feel as dominant. It doesn't feel as like a foregone conclusion that he's gonna get his. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, that is weird. That's been different. And I don't Uh, know if that'll stay the same. Like, I don't know as teams figure it out and get back into the rhythm, but I feel like more than other years, this feels like a, who knows? knows? How does Marquise Brown, obviously the best wide receiver on the Cardinals for two weeks, it gets a total of like five targets. And then finally week three gets 17 targets. Like what clicked? Like it's it's almost like teams are trying things out, and then all of a sudden they're being like, "Oh, 
oh, you know what? We we do have Jamar Chase. We should probably throw <laughs> him the football. Yeah. You know, like it's almost like God, it's like like that's like the first couple of weeks have been this like, let's let's not throw to Kyle Pitts and see if he becomes better. Do you know what I mean? And all yep. of a sudden, like next week, he's gonna get his 10 catches and a touchdown finally. Like it's just kind of like you're just kind of waiting. And I don't know if that's because it's been a weird couple of years and they finally hit a normal offseason. And coaches kind of feel flex. We also have a bunch of new coaches. Yeah. We have guys in over their head. Nathaniel Hackett looks like he should have never been an <laughs> offensive coordinator. Yeah. Like you you have really weird new new faces, new places. Yeah. It's been interesting. I, it's, it's, I think it's, this is gonna be the first year since we've kind of solidified our position where we'll see the lowest amount of three hundred point games. Yeah, I'd agree. It feels that way because we've had one, I think, through three weeks at this point. I touched it, yeah. So two, because I think Akerhoff touched it the first week against me. So, but that feels low because I think we've had upwards of like 20 or so a season. Something like that. Most years. Yeah. 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 It's, it's become more and more of like an illustrious feel to it, to get to it. Yeah. I'll say this. I mean, week two, you had what all you had like five matchups besides for the one between me and Pablo that literally came down to like Monday night football and or like and mine and, and Joe's. Yeah. Ours wasn't that close that week. Okay. So four of the six, like it, which is kind of one of those, like that feels different too. Like mm-hmm. that's where we're like, okay. Like I think we're seeing parody in the NFL or at least this, this, the wealth be spread to where it's like Devonte Smith for the Eagles, dude. How does he know not- the first two weeks garbage and AJ Brown looked like a God. And, and, and Jalen Monte has like 35 or 40 points last week. Yeah. And it's like, again, it goes back to, oh, yeah, he's good at football. I I was trying to make Boston Scott look really good. I should probably go back to the drawing board and make my life easy and give it to the good players. <laughs> like I feel like that's just like what we're seeing happen finally. Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah. going to be a wild ride. It'll be interesting. It'll be wild. This, so, is, where, this is where the vultures rise. Yeah. <laughs> They are a squawking. Yeah, they are. They are a con. They are a squawking. They are watching the waiver wire. Yeah. So hotly. Yeah. But um, no, I, I think I've there's been some good surprises. I'm excited for what the year holds. So, well, yeah. Why don't you give us your quick power yeah. ranking so we can get to the vulture himself yeah. Bubba, for our for our guest today? Yeah, I won't go into much detail. Like I said, it's still early in the season, so you can chop my head off if you want. But uh, <laughs> I'll start at 12. This one was easy. 2019 champ, 0-3 Pablo. Uh, he's looking for draft picks and trades again. Oh, clearly said it. Clearly he, said it. I don't know if we need to call him out for tampering that he's he's because he's obviously like stated that he's crashing or whatever it's called, tanking. Um, but anyways, just – there's still pieces there. I think he missed the boat by not trading when he had Wentz, Russ, and Breeze all in their prime. I think he, I think we're having Wilson with DK. Yeah, there was a moment there where he had the ability to make this point be better. Yeah, but he also has a ton of first round picks the next year or two. So yeah, true. Um, at number eleven, I actually have a wad of T, uh, Joe Pedersen. At one and two, um, mostly because his name is not Team Overhaul, and <laughs> I'm still salty about that, huh? Salty. Um, he's got Kyler Murray, got nice pieces, just not scoring a lot of points. Yeah. Number ten, I have Joe Williams, Juicy J at zero and three. I do not believe he's an zero and three team. That's why I couldn't put him last. That's why I'm still paying him a little bit of respect there. Of like, he's better than this. Yeah. Number nine, probably the highest he's ever been ranked. I have Shefty two Adam, it's a big jump. At at one and two, he, dude, it's awesome to see someone care, and especially for that team that's had a very rough history. Yeah, um, and it proves the point. I think we've talked about many times of this podcast. It doesn't take much; it just takes a little bit of paying attention, mm-hmm. and you can put a formidable team on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and not trading your first round picks to me helps. Um, number <laughs> eight. Uh, I have team team one and two Casey Thompson. This one hurt my heart to put him low, but 
I think his team is, I think the next couple of teams are just kind of like here. Like they're just kind of baseline teams. Does it make sense? I would say four through eight are that way, including yeah. myself in there. Okay. Well, that's fair. Cause I would want to say that anyways. Okay. So seven is team broad. At one and two. I ain't scared. Yeah. Team, Tyler's team again, should probably be the best team in the league. He's got Josh Allen and Barkley's dude. Saquon Barkley being back is awesome. I almost, so Saquon Barkley was somebody that I had on my radar in the off season to try and trade for, but I was so nervous about giving stuff away. And now yeah, I wish I, just, I had, I'm just glad he's, it's just so good for it's good for football when guys are good at football, yeah. healthy. Um, so team broad seven, six team band camp two and one. We kind of were hitting the winning side of teams now. Uh, the Packers look decent this year, so he looks decent. Um, minus week one, yeah, minus week one. Romeo Dubes or Dobbs looks like he's coming along nicely. He just got him off his uh, waiver team, so yeah. should be all right. Uh, top five, uh, Bubba's. Arn City Yenzers, the highest riser from the original power rankings. He went seven spots up. Uh, two and one. Tua playing well. You have Tua, you have um, Tyreek, and you have Kelsey. Great three. And I think he has Fournette, who's been decent. Yeah. Yep. And so well. that's, again, I, I don't, we'll talk about it later, whatever. <laughs> Number four is uh, Team Holly Griffin. Uh, at currently one and two. The recording at the time of recording this podcast could easily could be, be stacked right into two and one. Yeah, very quickly. Duty of Lamar. Like, we're kind and of in the Nick Chubb. Yes, you have QB1 and Q in RB1 right now. And that's what we normally would be saying about like a C, like a mile high club, teams like that. You, you have that currently, and that's always going to put you in games. Yeah. Uh, number three, I have Team Clark because I'm three and zero right now. Could easily be two and one here very quickly. Um, my top three is interesting because I, again, on paper, I feel like just straight up, like I have a solid team. Should be ultra competitive. I had a week where my linebacker scored me sixty total points. Like, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Um, but I just don't. I have Golf as my quarterback right now. And I'm loving the Lions and the pride and the roar. He's not Dak. Minus, minus not being able to close out games. But yeah, yeah he's not Dak. And he's definitely not Dirty Deshaun, who both can throw the football much further and much better. But golf is a good quarterback in real life. When he has so, pieces. Yeah. St. Brown, dude. St. Brown's been a nice draft pick. I draft Wait, I'm yeah. proud of that draft pick. They've got DJ Chark, who's also spreading the field for them. They'll have uh, what's the guy they just drafted? He'll come back soon. Yeah, uh, Will Williams. Yep. Is, yeah, yeah. Like yep. he'll come back. Like they've got they've got some good pieces. DeAndre Swift, right? it, but Jamal Adams has also proved that he's amazing still. Jamal like, Williams, yes. Isn't it isn't it wild to see an NFL team care about the draft and how much difference that makes in their team? Yeah, the Lions have been the one team that never seemed to care about the draft. They always chose wide receivers. For yeah, a long Matt, time. Millen, Matt Millen just literally, I think, listening to talk about him, but even even our Patriots guy, like literally, he just tried to Belichick it and pick all these yeah. rando guys, diamond in the rough guys. And you're like, no, they just can't play football. Pick the best guys and let's go be competitive. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Sorry, two, I have uh, TMHC, the Mile High Club himself, Taylor Kovleski, because so far we do have a healthy CMC. We have a healthy Mahomes. Like, all it takes is those guys to get semi on track, and he he has enough pieces in place now that if he stays away from the Broncos, that's going to be his one. The Broncos and Packers are totally different teams, so he's got to watch himself to not – over Bronco it. And so far, team. Christian Kirk has been huge for him this year, too. That's yeah. my big help. He's receivers, he's taking that serious. Like yeah. it's he's building something there. Um, and the number one is Actorhoff. Former he's he's the reigning champ. He's looked good. Um, to your point, number ones aren't playing quite as well, but he's they're playing, they're still playing really well. And mm-hmm. so um he's gonna be a hard out all year. He's he's really built something there so yeah um yeah 
That's my top 12. Again, top three, Edgeroff, Mile High Club, Team Clark. Bottom three are Juicy J at 10, Awada T at 11, and number 12 is 2019 Champ. And I'd argue nine through four could be anything. So yeah. that's kind of the, uh, the power rankings. Yeah. Let me know how much you hate me. <laughs> Hit us up in the Facebook group once this is posted. <laughs> Um, good. With that, we are going to welcome our guest, uh, the Yinzer himself, the vulture, the man who's already been in timeout on the podcast once Bubba is here for the first episode of the season for the kind of format change of what we're doing. We're excited to get to know him, but first and foremost, the man who represents Pittsburgh himself, Bubba, how are you? I am wonderful, Chris and Andrew. Thank you for once again, having me on the podcast and uh, let it be known that I will still say, always say that it's Heinz Field, not Acrisure Stadium either. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. I have no idea what the heck yeah, you're Acrisure like the people in, even is. You're like the people in Chicago that are like, it's the Sears Tower, not the Willis Tower. <laughs> yes, basically. Like whatever. Exactly. Or it's Comiskey Park. It's not guaranteed rate. They changed the name. Oh yeah, yeah. They change the name regularly. It's, it's ne- it was never U.S. Cellular Field. It's always been Kaminsky. No, Kaminsky got <laughs> torn down. Got torn down because it was old and decrepit. <laughs> Anyways, we're glad to have you on the show, Bubba. Whether, glad to be whether here. or not you call Heinz Field or not. Yes, exactly. So we're excited to get to know you uh, a little bit. We could talk fantasy stats and all that garbage but that's not what we want to do here anymore we want to get to know the people that are in the league especially as we roll up on year 10 where we'll all be getting together and hanging out um, as best that we can so we've just got a list of kind of like introductory questions to get to know you they're fun they're playful and uh we'll start it off with this one if you could have coffee bubba with any historical figure who would you choose this is this you can't is one of those questions. Jesus. No, 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 no. I was not going to. And no, you know, <laughs> I know Jesus is the answer to everything, but <laughs> at this point, it's not. No, this one actually had to make me it really had to make me think on this one. Um being the musician that I have been and like what are kind of where I've grown up and like what I've come to know, I think one of the people that I would love to just sit down and have a copy with is uh Johann Sebastian Bach. Um, very classical in nature, but yet he still had his role in musician or uh, music rather in the church, especially. So a lot of the, like a lot of the music that you make here in church settings actually still come from Bach. And it's, it's kind of a, a cool, neat thing that I would just love to kind of pick his brain to like, think like, you know, why did you write these notes like here? Or, you know, what gave you the concept for your music, you know, and, and to, to publish this as you did. If you took um, Johann Sebastian Bach to Starbucks, what would he order? He'd probably just order a regular coffee, you know, <laughs> just kind of like myself. Um, yeah, is that I, your I Starbucks always, order, Bubba? What's your Starbucks order? I If I just went to Starbucks, I would really just get a regular coffee, uh, maybe a little bit of cream and sugar because I'm not an umbrella drink kind of well, a guy. But if you, you were know? feeling extra white girl in this fall season, what would, what would it be? What would it be? Come on, spice it up a little bit. Uh, all right. I, I guess if I were to be white girl or whatever. Um, now we're talking. Probably probably a pumpkin green cold brew. Nice. Has oh, to be dude. pumpkin. Yeah. I would get that too. Would you go in your leggings and your flannel? No. Oh. <laughs> Not at all. Have you ever worn your your wife's leggings? Uh, I have once no. to play basketball and it was fun. <laughs> was this when we? Uh, but this no. when we were in college. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> we go play dunk fest. Sometimes as a man, you need to wear stretchy pants. <laughs> <laughs> she had like these, like they had, like African animals all over them, and I just wore them under my shorts. That makes sense. Dude, you were you were ahead of the times before all the kids were wearing leggings playing basketball. You invented them for Steph Curry. He just yeah, has never worn cheetah print ones. No. I was a trendsetter yet uh for the boomers. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh Bubba, do you 
do you play instruments? Do you play music or like do that stuff? Yeah. So, um, I, I do acoustic guitar mostly as my, um, one instrument. And then, uh, I am a singer of also two, um, cause uh, I'll just kind of explain it. You know, um, I used to actually be uh, a worship pastor, you know, in, in church, you know, and all that stuff. So, um, it's kind of, kind of in the ministry role, you know, I kind of taken a step back because of COVID and whatnot, but, um, I've actually found myself kind of getting back into that role a little bit more, but just on a kind of like a volunteer basis at this point uh, right now. So, um, yeah, acoustic guitar and, uh, vocals are, are my main go-tos. Uh, can dabble on piano, can dabble on bass guitar, can dabble on drums, like, uh, animal from the Muppets. Mm. Um, other than that, that's yeah. Can you give you, can you give me your best animal impression? I could, but the rest of the guys couldn't see it on this podcast. So oh, they could hear it. Animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, what do you, side note, what do you do for a living currently? So I actually do work for uh, a credit union here in the Kalamazoo, Michigan area. Uh, I actually am a part of the, like the service team, like people call and say, you know, Hey, there's something wrong with my account. Can you help me fix it? Or, you know, straight up account balance, whatever the case may be too. Um, the company has actually um, gone through this little shift uh, with technological uh, roles with the, the ATMs and using uh, video telling machines. So basically like how we are on a zoom call, um, basically people would call in from like an ATM machine. They'd say, Hey, you know, I'd like to make a transaction or whatever, and just kind of, you know, do a transaction that way too. So we're, we're working on those right now with uh, the branches that uh, we serve and the areas that we serve in uh, Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, yeah, that's what we're doing. What's the strangest request you've gotten from somebody? Um, that maybe I haven't got one, but most recently there was one person who wanted their like debit card mail emailed to them, and that checks out. You know, yeah, you kind of can't email a debit <clears throat> card anymore. Although I guess with technology now, you could in theory, but nothing <laughs> has risen to the occasion to email a debit card. What's the most amount of money you've seen in someone's account that you've helped? Seven figures. I will just go ahead and say Whoa. that. Seven. What's that like? Pablo Siscomani? <laughs> uh, I can't say for sure because it's been months since I've seen that account. So I don't know. Jeez, okay, so. that's crazy. Yeah. Did you ask him for a tip afterwards? After unfortunately, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. Unfortunately. Live and learn. Live and learn. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Clark. Well, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you see yourself uh, doing tele money? <laughs> tele money? No, 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 not not at all. Actually, originally I wanted to be in like the broadcast journalism field at one point. Um, originally, kind of meteorology was looking there, but I was like, yeah, science is kind of dumb. So, like weather kind of wanted. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So, follow up question to that because I'm feeling real spicy with my questions. If you could pick any character from Anchorman for you to be, who would you be? <laughs> um, oh man, uh, probably I'd say Ron Burgundy. Okay, the man, the myth, legend himself. <laughs> Question for you: When I yep. when I say the word Heinz, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Field. Okay, mm. says a lot about or you. Or ketchup, or ketchup, one or the other, or, or yeah, Heinz Ward. That's why I asked the question because there's like tons of different possibilities. Yep. So with Heinz ketchup as popular as it is around the world, what's your favorite color of Heinz ketchup? Uh, the straight red. Straight red. You weren't a fan of the yep. green or purple ones back in the day. No. That's too no. bad. It's just food coloring. That's <laughs> that's all it was. <laughs> It was it was awesome though. Go to Burger King and get some green ketchup for your fries. Yeah. Uh, so you said you live in 
the Kalamazoo area, correct? Yeah, yeah that's right. Those of us who don't know you as well, where did you grow up? So, yeah, currently right now, like I said, I live in the Kalamazoo area. I uh, was born and raised uh, north of Pittsburgh uh, in a little town called Saxonburg. Um, and this town in Saxonburg, which is 45 minutes or so due north um, of the city of Pittsburgh, um, it's actually home to um, John Augustus Roebling, who was one of the engineers of the Brooklyn Bridge and also inventor of the steel wire cable. Uh, so we actually do have a park in the town where it is um, basically dedicated to him. And then there's like a mini replica Brooklyn Bridge and the sites and the, the tourism that it deems on that is just unbelievably dumb and whatnot sometimes. But hey, that's, if they're famous for that, they're famous for it. You so. probably get a lot of architects that come through, though. Like, honestly, it's probably a yeah. lot of like structural engineers that are doing like sightseeing stuff, I would imagine. Yeah, they, they do kind of see some stuff like that and you know like i said it's woo, one of those sightseeing type things it's a part of saxonburg which again it, to equate saxonburg where i grew up it's probably just a small town of like 2500 people at the very best uh, so you know small town americana type deal Bubba, as you think back across your time as a pittsburgh uh sports fan what's what's your greatest sports memory or moment that you remember watching uh that's a very good question um off the off the recording i i told clark you know that pittsburgh is just one of those towns that just has a plethora of sports moments that you could just relive and relive and relive um, what that's like <laughs> Sorry, Detroit fans. Um, I don't know what that's like either. Um, anywho, um, there, there's honestly has been just like, you know, so many good memories. And, you know, one of the one of the memories that I have is like the toe tap for San Antonio Holmes in 2009 at uh, Super Bowl 43. Um, against the Cardinals, Kurt Warner. Against the Cardinals and Larry Kurt Warner. And then, yeah. and, and then even uh, James Harrison. Uh, making that inter the interception 100 yards all the way down and just him just trying to get you know oxygen after that play and stuff which i don't blame him um other than that like you know i i, I kind of wrote down like a couple things like okay what are some other like memories for me you know between those other two sports that we have in hockey and in baseball um hockey i i remember going to like one of the first stanley cup playoff games i think it was like the 2006 year uh, i got tickets to the playoff game and like if you've been to an nhl like regular season game there's there's hype to it but then when you get to the stanley cup playoffs it's just nuts. that level of hype just goes through the roof nuts mm -hmm. um that was actually the one game where uh, we were playing the new york rangers and henrik lundquist actually like got so pissed off and mad at like a, a call the referee made he actually threw the goal off of its moorings and onto the ice and people were just booing him like no other and all that. So well, yeah, uh, there was that one. The funnest things to watch. Like, What's that? Like playoff hockey is some of the fun, like the most enjoyable sports to watch. So I can only imagine like, I've never been to an actual like playoff game. So I can only imagine like yeah. the feeling in there. And, and and it's not even just like the 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 watching itself, but even like the fans, like how they get into yes. it and such. Um, matter of fact, I remember there was there was a couple fans that were like maybe a couple sections over from us that actually dressed up as like nuns, and they had signs that said, you know, "All hail Saint Sidney" or something like that, and um, something about Evgeny Malkin and, and you know Flurry when he was on the a, team as well. He's a turd. Is that what they said about Evgeny Malkin? <laughs> no, they did not say that at all. Uh, they actually said, "Make me a milkshake, Malkin." That's another <laughs> uh, memory too. That's that's a conversation off the podcast. Anyhow, um, the only other sports memory that I would actually have is actually when the Pirates finally made the playoffs after twenty some odd years. Um, they made the wild card game against the Cincinnati Reds, and then the stadium was just going nuts. I was watching on TV at the time, but they were actually chanting the. Um, pitcher's name from the Cincinnati Reds it was uh, Johnny Cueto and they were just yelling like Cueto Cueto and he actually drops the ball on the mound 
and has like this moment where he has to like collect himself. And then the next pitch that he throws, um, who was it? Oh, who's the catcher? I'm trying to remember his name now. Anyhow, he hits a home run right after that one, and it, the whole place just went berserk at PNC Park. Um, was that, a, was that a playing game? Yeah, that was yeah, one that was of the wild, wild card, card yeah. playing games. Yep, yep, yep. Like one of the original. Yeah. One. Yep. Winner take all. Yep. I remember watching that game because mm-hmm. I think Josh Harrison, third baseman there back in the day, like he had a huge game for them. Like, yep. And it was just wild to be like, wow, Pittsburgh is going to like win a playoff game, which is weird. And so, that's what I even said right. too, like in the middle of the game. Like, what's your, what's your opinion on O'Neill Cruz, real quick? <laughs> you know, I went to a, I went to a Pirates game earlier this year, and they played coincidentally the Reds, mm-hmm. and they were just absolute garbage. Um, <laughs> to say the least, O'Neill Cruz he's got a lot of you know he's got a lot of training to still get himself back into you know like a, a good form. Uh, but then again, that's the Pirates organization in, in itself too. So. Um, uh, you know, I think if you have like O'Neill Cruz, like on a fantasy baseball team or something, keep him, you know, for maybe next year. But otherwise, eh, that's up to you what you want to do. Respect that. Would you rather watch football or hockey then? Believe it or not, I would actually rather go for the hockey bit. Uh, hockey is a little bit more fast, pa- uh, fast, faster action and faster pace. Um, that you can kind of keep yourself like on your toes, like, okay, where's the puck at, you know, and it, you know, is, is like the Islanders or something that's going to go offside or whatever, or you got the flyers who haven't won a Stanley cup in 45 plus years or anything like that either. Um, you know, or, or are they going to start, you know, just some random brawl or whatever with one of our, you know, fourth line guys or whatever. Um, it's one of those deals. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I actually do prefer hockey, I think more, um, I just in that fa- sense and fashion that it's a faster paced and, you know, faster action, uh, game really. If we started a gentleman's club hockey league, would you win the first year? No, <laughs> I'll flat out say that right, right here. No. Is that you trying to be humble because that's false humility? Uh, no, I I really would not win. <laughs> Just saying that right now. Would you take all the guys towards the end of their careers though? Would that would that still stay true from one league to the other? I I could be vulturous. Yes, <laughs> I I could do that. So uh, no, a lot of the guys that are in their prime uh, or even past their prime, they have that, that wisdom and knowledge to kind of, you know, mm. get the puck where it needs to go. So mm-hmm. I, I say that, you know, like Sidney Crosby, you know, he has his moments where he will just put the puck in the back of the net. And then there's other times he passes it off to Gensel or Brian Rust and they find it in the back of the net, but he actually like coaches and quarterbacks, like literally on the ice as well uh, to a point where, other teams basically respect him for all that he does and they don't care if he gets the point or not. Is Wayne Gretzky the best hockey player ever to play the game? Hell no. Whoa. Oh. Hell no. Wow. No, 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 no. Who who is then, Bubba? Yeah. Number 66, Le Magnifique himself, Mario Lemieux. Wow. Why, why would you say Lemieux, who's not a bad hockey player, by the way? Why is that? That sounds like someone who grew up in Saxonburg 45 minutes. To <laughs> yeah, do you even know who Wayne Gretzky is? <laughs> I do know who Wayne Gretzky is. And Wayne Gretzky is one of those overrated hockey players. I'm sorry oh. to say that. Wow. I, I really am. But take into consideration, though, if Mario Lemieux had not had his bout with cancer, he would still be playing a lot more than what he would have had. And I think he actually would have passed, if not eclipsed Gretzky's, some of his stat lines. In in your defense, he does have the highest career points per average, even though having 572 fewer games of 2.005 mm-hmm. points per game. That's right. But less games gives you, there's less. Okay. <clears throat> wow, Bubba. <clears throat> 
<laughs> so it's like, so is Allen Iverson the greatest basketball player of all time? Is that what we're doing here? Once again, Philadelphia is garbage. I will not speak about basketball and Philadelphia in the same sentence. Anyway. So Ben Simmons, that just means nothing to you. Nope. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nope. Wow. It's not even a hockey podcast, and I am. I'm shocked by that. I'm, I'm glad you didn't say Sidney Crosby. I will say that. I would have slapped you. I would have driven right to Michigan right now and slapped you. I don't even know where you live. I would have just gone door to door in Kalamazoo until I found you. <laughs> You'd probably be shot by then, Chris, but we would have to end this. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Permanent timeout. Perma ban from the podcast. Yep. Jeez. I mean, it's not a terrible answer, but it's still wrong. So um i'm curious how did you more on a more personal note how did you meet your spouse my wife megan oh and my dear beloved megan um so the funny part of it is we actually did meet online um no shame there that's how my wife and i met yeah no no shame at all but the funny part of it is we actually do say uh, and I can say this because all three of us went to Grace Bible College, now Grace Christian University. Uh, we say that we actually did meet at a Grace event of sorts. Um, I, I think I was like a senior or something, like doing the the tech board uh, during one of the chapel services. And like I think her and her parents were actually on a college tour at the time. And, you know, somehow we just got connected and all that stuff and then kind of lost ways and then kind of reconnected after after the time. So, yeah, we we technically met online again, but in theory, we also still did meet a grace, too. Well, how'd you pop the question? How did I pop the question? Yeah. South Haven Beach. Um, I actually did the, uh, uh, the washing of the feet type deal where... You know, I'd say like, "Hey, let me let me help serve you." And you know, she read a passage out of the scripture where I actually had her name inscribed on the Bible uh, with my name, uh, last name rather, I should say. And uh, I uh, proposed to her right on the beach at South Haven. She said yes, and uh, after that, we've been happily married now for five years. Wow. When did when did you know? Did you know right away, or like what was the moment that you knew, like, man, this was your girl? Yeah. Yeah, so how so when we originally like went on our first date, like I I told my parents like, hey, I'm just going on a drive. I need to like clear my head, and you know I need to just go. Well, in theory, I was actually on my way up to Kalamazoo to to visit her, um, and it was it was the time of our lives that we just had. You know, we just did some first date stuff, and you know, just kind of hung out. And you know, on the way home, I was like, you know what? this this relationship is pretty special um and then she came out to pittsburgh a couple times and actually she got to see me lead worship out there at the church i was um uh born raised in you know growing up and uh one of the guys you know kind of noticed like you know how much of like hard eyes that she had for me and he's like he, he comes up to me like away from them and uh he says don't let this one go she's she's got hard eyes for you you better keep a hold on her i was like you're right ed i i'm gonna do that so and i i kept her you know and like right now she's sleeping but you know if she hears this on the podcast you know hey she knows that she's loved and um that she's happy that i made her popcorn especially before she fell asleep too so. <laughs> very good hubby do you have kids i do i have three kids uh kind of like the Petter, the Petterson family uh, that keeps me busy here. Uh, so, my family consists of Amelia, uh, who's three years old, uh, Opal, who is two, and then our son Timothy, who's gonna take over the uh, Arn City Yenzers. Uh, he's at seven months right now, but um, yeah, they, they all those three kids with with my wife, they are my pride and joy, and I would think nothing less of them. I would put myself, you know, in front of a bullet for them at all times uh so you know i love my love my kids i love my family and you know there's nothing more that i would ask god for you know in that moment is um is timothy named it for anyone timothy is actually named so that's that's another thing too timothy is actually named um after my stepfather tim coincidentally uh, but his full name is timothy michael todd 
which is a homage to all of the dads in our life. Uh, mm-hmm. So the two middle names belong to my, my father, as well as uh, my wife's uh, father, his middle name as well. Cool. cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, I would be interested to ask you some fantasy football questions. Clark, are there any other personal questions that you want to ask Bubba before we transition to the fantasy football side of things? Yeah. Uh, I think it'd be cool. It's kind of the same question. Um, it's, it's similar to the coffee one about like who, you know, who would you want to have coffee with, but who are three people you'd like to go to dinner with that have been the most influential people in your life? And so, yeah, this is, this is one I would definitely have to write. I had to write down and think about it a little bit too. And was like, you know what, like these are the three, you know, people. Um, so first and foremost, I would obviously say my wife, cause if I didn't say my wife, you know, <laughs> I'd be up a crick without a paddle, basically. Um, other than that, though, uh, first and foremost, I would probably um, say one of the most influential people in my life was actually my pastor growing up. Uh, his name was uh, Pastor Barry. Um, huge Patriots fan, by the way. Um, so whenever he, we played the Steelers, the Patriots and Steelers played, he was always like, you know, there's a little game that's going to be going on here. So I'm going to preach a little long and <laughs> kind of, you know, keep, keep church going a little bit too. But, uh, he was, he was always a fan of Tom Brady. Um, anyhow, um, no, he was one of those influential people in my life who, you know, kind of propelled me into ministry and always championed me to be in ministry, uh, for, you know, what it was worth and such. Um, the second most influential person in my life was my mom. Um, when I was growing up, my mom actually was a single mom. Uh, she raised me for about 15 years on her own um, with the help of my dad, of course, you know, just two single parents, you know, doing that. But uh, my mom really honed me in, disciplined me when needed and you know, just taught me the ways of life as best as possible. So I would, uh, Love to, you know, again, I would give her that influential nod. And then, to be honest, uh, number three is probably going to surprise you guys, but you two have actually been very influential in my life. And, you know, with where I have walked in, you know, my walk with the Lord and such, too. Um, Andrew, like, there's a couple, like, of those uh, small group nights that we had on Tuesdays at college. You know, you just ask, like, the hard-pressing questions, like, you know, having that relationship with one another, you know, as, as guys met. Uh, and then Chris, you know, you and I just kind of headed off, you know, was like uh, some of the stuff that you were doing at South Harbor church uh, too. And, you know, you asked me to come and play worship, asked me to, you know, help you out with that. And you even lost a bet and still have that uh, Steelers uh, jersey on. And I have that photo mm. still as always. Yeah. So, yeah, but um, yeah, you guys, you guys would actually get the influential nod as well. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Bob. All right, I won't put you in timeout anymore. Thank you. I appreciate you that. Trying to get out of jail card free. Good. It's fine. Good deal. <laughs> That's good. And I've actually bought you pizza, and you bought me pizza, so it's kind of like we've gone out to dinner together a couple times. We we have actually, yes. Yeah, it's very true. I think I bought wow. you more pizza. That actually is true. I think I think that is true. But <laughs> even though I've won more. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, coming down I can the line, only buy, I can only buy a package of two that gets shipped to you. Can't buy <laughs> just one. Right, right. Of course, of course. <laughs> oh man, that's good. Well, let's uh, let's spend some time talking fantasy football. I think these are going to yeah. be fun questions for you. Yeah. Um, who's one player in the GC currently that you wish you had on your team, and why? As everything's going right now, I mean there's really not one player I could just like pinpoint and say like, okay, this is the one person that's going to make me better. Um, truthfully, uh, I have another fantasy league and he is doing me some damage in that league and, and good damage being, being too, uh, it would be Saquon Barkley. Um, Barkley has just started knocking stuff out of the park for this year. And I would just love to have him on that, that team as well. You're in another fantasy football league besides the GC. Mm-hmm. I am. Shit. I did get asked. I did get asked, mind you. 
is okay. with, believe it or not, it's with uh, Cameron Kramer, too. Wow. I'm in three others, so I get it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm in this is the only one I do. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> um, it's funny that you say, like, the whole, like, player you wish you had. Because I, I traded for Darren Waller this year mm-hmm. because um, I listened to the podcast he was on. And I thought, in general, like as a person, I was like, he seems like such an epic guy. I want him on my fantasy football team. You didn't even care what you gave up for him, though. I, I didn't. That's why I ended up making the trade. I was just like, yeah, I just want him on my team. Like, so it's a real thing to like have a, that desire to have a guy on your team. Yeah, or an entire team like the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, want everybody from him, you know, or the Broncos, like. Kovaleski's obsessed with <laughs> Jerry Judy and like Javante Williams and he offered me the name as kid and for Jerry Judy. So like, it's just, I get the desire <laughs> to have, have guys. Mm-hmm. So have you always done just fantasy football? Have you done other fantasy sports? Like when did you get into like the fantasy sports world? Yeah. So actually coincidentally, it was when you made the ask uh, to me to join the, the gentleman's club uh, was the first real like immersive experience into the fantasy world as such. I had really had no idea what the heck I was doing at the time as, as evidenced, you know, in history, as we've claimed that I've drafted defense in the first round of uh, number two overall, you took Milton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I had no entire clue. And then, you know, as, as time kind of got on, you know, I've sought advice from you. I've sought advice, you know, from other people who play in fantasy and, you know, just kind of bringing this team that I have now into a mold where I thought, okay, let's just run with it. Go from there. A championship. It did. It can't yeah. be taken. Nope. No yeah. I mean, what does it feel like to win a, gc championship and where did you keep the holy grail when you had it (laughs) um well again let me let me just say to win the gc championship it is it it is a tough experience to go through it's like finding like finding the actual holy grail as it is um it has been it was it was a great feeling to know that i actually beat chris thompson at something before he got to it and um, here's my jail get out of jail free card, by the way. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, it, what's funny is I didn't keep it with me here at home because uh, if I knew I kept it at home, either one of my kids would you know take a marker, color it, and just or even just basically like throw it and just damage the trophy, and I'd be like Clark. What do you want me to do to pay for a new trophy? So coincidentally, I actually kept it at my work desk at the credit union because i knew that was the most secure and safe spot to keep it i mean if you trust your um, money there you can trust your trophy there that should be that their is, motto. that is absolutely right you show it off to customers and people so i i couldn't really show it off to like uh like customers or members basically just because we were in covid protocols at the time still uh, so we were kind of separating ourselves and people were working from home a lot. So if there were any like people that I showed it off to, it was like a couple of my coworkers that you know, one worked in my department, one worked in another department and I just showed them, Hey, this is what the trophy is. And this is what the GC stands for. And, you know, I've even said to a couple of guys like that. I even talked fancy football with and the one other department. And um, I, I even showed him a picture of the trophy is like, dude, that is like freaking phenomenal of that trophy that you got. <laughs> so I feel yeah, like, was- I feel like Bubba, you totally would have had it like right on the right side of your desk and like nudged it slightly for everyone that sat down at the table just to see it. Like, kind, I, I actually <laughs> did. I kind of had it to the right side, like right next to the phone, actually, <laughs> coincidentally. So, uh, so yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm just jealous. I haven't won it yet. That's all. That's all. That's I just all. picture I just picture people walking in and being like, I need help with that money. You're like, oh, did I show you this? Oh, like, you've come to the right place because I'm a winner. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically. Uh, like that. Yeah. Your money is as secure with me as this championship trophy is here. That's right. Yeah. Um, right. Is there a 
I thought this was a funny question. Do you have just one retired player? And this could be like, we're talking all the way back to like, they could be dead now. But like, is there a former retired player that you wish you could like have on your team? Like that you think would be an incredible fantasy asset currently? Um, That's another thought provoking question I should have uh, wrote down too. Um, if it was if it was like a Steelers player, and if I wanted to look on the defensive side, just because it is an IDP league, I would probably say Troy Polamalu. Um, mm-hmm. Troy did have this knack to just go out, make the tackle, get the interception, but he also just had this awareness on the field where he just like knew what was going to happen at the time. Uh, so I would have loved to have Troy on the field at there at that time. Um, if it was a non-stealer, though, it's tough uh, to say. I, I yeah, I don't. I really don't know. I'd have to really think on that one a little bit more, to be honest. Do you think uh, Palomalu created the hybrid position, that linebacker safety hybrid? Um. I don't know. I, I really never thought about like a linebacker or a safety hybrid to be like a to be even a hybrid position, but I, I guess the question Basically, should they be hybrid? Plays up in the box way more. So like in the GC, the, here's a little tip. The safeties you look for are ones who are super active in the run game and run defense. So like a Jeremy Chin for the Panthers. He <laughs> He actually plays closer to the line of scrimmage than a normal yeah. normally does. So it's like a hybrid, like linebacker safety style. Yeah, um, I, I think if I if it were me to like look for someone like that, I definitely would. Um, just because you know, if you are going up against the line of scrimmage, you know, trying to get the run play or the, the short short dump off uh, pass stopped immediately. You know, but yeah, that's definitely one thing to, that I could you know take on. But then again, it's like. You also take into consideration that your safeties, your your one on one man coverage, or anything like that. That like you get your Jamar Chases, you get your, um, you know, your AJ Browns, your your um, as bad of a uh, uh, analogy this might be, you know, your your Heinz Ward in his peak. You know, like where are you going to find those guys, and how can you make the tackle that quick? Sure. Um, so I, I, I think I think there's a little bit of a, a give and take, you know, on to what side of the ball or what side of the safety coin you want to look at uh, with it. But um, me personally, you know, just if they if they get the points for me, that's all I'd be happy about. True. I'd rather have uh, Mike Vick, Prime Falcons, or the Danny Tomlinson. Those are the two that came to mind right away in the prime mm. race from way back in the day. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Scott Mitchell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I think Barry Sanders would have been phenomenal to have back in the day as a running back. Like he would he's probably one of those running backs that could have put up epic numbers if he would not have retired early. Um and a lot of people consider him potentially one of the best even though he only played like what 9 years, 10 years, 9 10 years something like that. Yeah. I think he was kind of my go-to. Like I think he would have been fantastic. I think I feel like Emmett Smith would be kind of like the Nick Chubb currently. Yeah. Like here's mm-hmm. would be like, oh yeah, he has that many hundred yard games, really? You know what I mean? Like I think yeah. Whenever you talk to people, everyone's like, it's weird that he is the all time leading rusher. He just was consistent long enough, a la Frank Gore. Like these guys who like just played long enough and just always kind of were consistent. Yeah. Take one. Do you have a – now that you've kind of won a championship, Bubba, this is a fun question to kind of like phrase it this way. What what about you as a GM, owner, manager of Fantasy Football League, what makes you uniquely qualified to be a fantasy football manager? What What is it about you that's like sets you apart from other fantasy owners, especially in the GC? What sets you apart? I, I, I think – you know, 
you, you've you've mentioned it a few times on the podcast in Podcast Fast that I have this more defensive-minded standard that I go to just because of the Steelers and just because of what the Steelers have been known for all in the past with the steel curtain. Mm -hmm. Um, I think defenses aside, especially like on the line, you know, and the linebackers considered, I I tend to try and go for more of those guys that are not more, I would say well-known, but at least those that actually can score you the points and get you those quality points that you do need that can score you, you know, as much as maybe a, a, a wide receiver could, or even a flex player could. Um, that's, that's where I kind of go, you know, from my end, you know, being on the defensive side, um, not necessarily on the offensive side, but still defensive. Nice. Who do you have defensively? That's like, who's been your favorite defensive player to have in the GC? In the past, it's been Blake Martinez, but sorry, he's in the free agent market right now. Sorry, Clark. Um, (laughs) And I even traded him to you, too. Just remember that, Clark. That's Clark's Um, luck, though, with players. Trade's really (laughs) high for him, and then something happens. Clark's ready to throw me in timeout by the way now, too, Chris. Um, Well, I've done it it twice with him. So, Adrian (laughs) Peterson and Deshaun Watson, so I've got your beat. That's true. Um. I was going to say, if it, if it comes to, you know, a defensive player, though, right now in the moment, um, I've just loved kind of seeing some of these, like, linebackers in the linebacking core that I've had because uh, I've I traded for Denzel Perryman to, um, I think it was with uh, Taylor Akerhoff is where I got him from originally. And then um, just kind of picking up some of these other, like, linebackers that, you know, know nobody names or whatever that – pick up basically right after others that just get you points and they just are like no name nobody so like alex anzalone for instance um then you have your uh josie jewels for uh the denver broncos and such um alex singleton who originally was on the philadelphia eagles is now on the you know the denver broncos too and he filled in when josie jewel was hurt so you know you just get kind of get these names it's like who are these people, but yet they're still making me points. How can I incorporate them? That's how I kind of do it. You know, that's cool. There you go. What's been your favorite moment of the GC so far? Just being able to have, have these, you know, uh, moments with you guys. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm not talking like, you you and Clark, you know, or anything like that, Chris, but I'm just talking like, you know, just having a genuine, you know, group of guys to, you know, have have a fancy football match with and, you know, have this league together to, you know, kind of get, get ourselves, you know, out of reality and just to kind of like focus on like, okay, who do I need to start where? When do I need to take this bench player out or, or swap them in or anything like that? Um you know, just kind of, you know, seeing the the camaraderie of all of us guys, uh, especially in the Facebook group and, and whatnot, you know, or even just seeing Pablo say, hey, I'm basically burning my team. Who wants draft picks? Like how many of us like literally saw that post and actually did look at his team and said, what kind what can I give away for him? You know, or what can I give to him? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I will say I'm a victim. Question mark of that. Um Otherwise, you know, I, I think it's like the camaraderie just between all of us, you know, even though that we've not really met each other, you know, we still do have interactions with one another, especially like when it comes to the trade deadlines and such. For sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Clark, I just typed in the Google Doc that we have the order in which I think Bubba is going to answer our last question. Okay. Do you want to do the same? See if you see if we can get or do you think what it's the same as what I wrote? I actually was thinking probably pretty similar. Okay. I would switch your last two, but yeah. Oh, you switched your last two? Okay. Okay. All right. We'll we'll see. We'll see. All right. Our last question for you, Bubba. It is Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver themed. Who would you start? Who would you bench? And who would you cut out of these three? Heinz Ward, Antonio Brown, Santonio Holmes. Who would you start? There so many. Who would you bench? Who would you cut? I mean, you got Lynn Swan, you got 
what's is it Stallworth? Is that the name back in the day? Stallworth, yep. Like there's so many names, but I feel like recently this would be more fitting our time, our generation. Start bench cut. Ward Holmes Brown. Who are you? Uh I would start Hines. I would bench Santonio and I would cut Antonio Brown. Boom, I called it. I freaking called it. Here's, I knew here's, it. Bubba, here's my clarifying question. Did you did you bench Holmes and cut Brown because of who Brown is now? Oh, don't even know. He gave his answer. He gave his answer. Don't don't have him retract it. He gave his answer. I mean, we're talking prime. We're talking guys are in their prime. Who used <laughs> No, it's done. Episode's done. Can't change it. Can't change it. <laughs> why my only question is why would you start Heinz Ward over those guys? Heinz Heinz Ward, um, you know, just even in like his his role as an actual wide receiver, he was also technically considered as a blocking wide receiver as well. Um, and he's one of those guys that actually did flex in his position to make sure that the play or whoever was at the running back position, albeit Jerome Bettis, albeit Richard Mendenhall, albeit whoever it was that was in the backfield at the time to get the yardage that they needed to get. And he was there to cover that block. Um, Antonio, he, he kicked the Browns player, you know, in the, straight after a up, straight up stomp. Um, and see Antonio did the, the, the toe tap touch in Super Bowl you know, 43, but again, Heinz is, Heinz is actually one of those more beloved players that hit actually did his duty as a wide receiver uh, and, and with the Steelers organization. So start Heinz, bench Antonio, cut Antonio. And Heinz Ward was in a Batman movie, so that's pretty awesome. This is also true, too. That's right. Greatest movie of all time, Batman movie, he was. Very right. true. Very true. Well, he was in the third one, right? No. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Third one. Yeah. Yeah. He was the second one was Joker. The third one was Bane and all of Arkham getting released and still really good. Not one of the greatest of all time. I was bold in the darkness. Really a darkness. <laughs> For you. Um cool, Bubba. Well, I I respect that. I thought you would have started Ward, benched Brown, and cut Holmes, but I forgot you're a nostalgic kind of guy. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I called it. It's in the it's in the Google Doc. It's there. I typed it out. For sure. Well, that was good. Well, Bubba, thanks for thanks for being on the show with us. Um, thanks for helping us get this new kind of format up and running. And I'm sure we'll tweak it and make it even more coherent because we were all over the place, which is fine. It's good, but I think we got to know you pretty well. Um, and we're excited for the rest of the season. See if you can reclaim the glory that is 2021 Bubba's Iron City Inzers and bring back another chip. That's why I got to go with the Iron City, the champions, as it is. And I would be remiss if I didn't say it. Yes, I am a proud Yinzer, and Yins have a great night as well, too. And thank Yins for having me on. Yins, welcome. <laughs> It's not how you use it, is it? No. <laughs> All right. Man, well, thanks again, everyone, for coming to listen to the best fantasy keeper dynasty IDP league that has ever existed on the face of the planet. We will be back again with some more guests here in the next couple of weeks. But until then, enjoy the next couple of weeks of fantasy football. And may the points ever be in your favor. Later. There, yeah, there we go. That's it. We did it. <laughs>